Chapter eighteen of the Man from Glengarry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Man from Glengarry, a tale of the Ottawa by Ralph Connor. Chapter eighteen. He is not of my kind. The story of the riot in which Ranald played so important a part filled the town and stirred society to its innermost circles those circles namely in which the de lacys lived and moved the whole town began talking of the glengarry men and especially of their young leader who had with such singular ability and pluck rescued the ottawas with harry and lieutenant de lacy from their perilous position the girls had the story from harry's lips and in his telling of it ranald's courage and skill certainly lost nothing but to Mamie, while it was pleasant enough for her to hear of Ranald's prowess, and while she enjoyed the reflected glory that came to her as his friend, the whole incident became altogether hateful and distressing. She found herself suddenly famous in her social world. Everyone was talking of her, but to her horror was connecting Ranald's name with hers in a most significant way it was too awful and if her aunt frances should hear of it the consequences would be quite too terrible for her to imagine she must stop the talk at once of course she meant to be kind to ranald he had done her great service and he was her aunt murray's friend and besides she liked him how much she hardly cared to say to herself she had liked him in glengarry there was no doubt of that but that was two years ago and in glengarry everything was different there everyone was just as good as another and these people were all her aunt murray's friends here the relations were changed she could not help feeling that however nice he might be and however much she might like him ranald was not of her world well tell him so let him see that said kate with whom mamie was discussing her difficulty yes and then he would fly off and i-we would never see him again said mamie he's as proud as any one strange too said kate when he has no money to speak of you know i don't mean that and i don't think it's very nice of you you have no sympathy with me in what way well in this very unpleasant affair every one is talking about ranald and me as if i-as if we had some understanding and have you not i thought kate hesitated to remind mamie of certain confidences she had received two years ago after her friend had returned from glengarry oh absurd just a girl and boy affair said mamie impatiently then there's nothing at all said kate with a suspicion of eagerness in her voice no of course not that is nothing really serious serious you mean you don't care for him at all kate looked straight at her friend oh you are so awfully direct i don't know i do care he's nice in many ways and he's i know he likes me and i would hate to wound him but then you know he's not just one of us you know what i mean not exactly said kate quietly do you mean he is not educated oh no i don't mean education altogether how very tiresome you are he has no culture and manners and that sort of thing i think he has very fine manners 
he is a little quaint but you can't call him rude oh no he's never rude rather abrupt but oh dear don't you know what would aunt frank say to him kate's lip curled a little i'm very sure i can't say but i can imagine how she would look well that's it but went on kate i can imagine too how ranald would look back at her if he caught her meaning well perhaps said mamie with a little laugh and that's just it oh, i wish he were a lieutenant suggested kate well yes i do said mamie desperately and if he were you would marry him said kate a shade of contempt in her tone that mamie failed to notice yes i would kate remained silent there now you think i am horrid i know said mamie i suppose you would marry him if he were a mere nobody if i loved him said kate with slow deliberation and a slight tremor in her voice i'd marry him if he were a shantyman i believe you would said mamie with a touch of regret in her voice but then you've no aunt frank thank providence replied kate under her breath and i'm sure i don't want to offend her just listen to this mamie pulled out a letter and turning over the pages found the place and began to read i am so glad to hear that you are enjoying your stay in quebec fine old city gates and streets old days noble citadel glorious view finest in the world no that isn't it oh yes here it is the de Lacys are a very highly connected english family and very old friends of my friends the lord archers with whom i visited in england you know the mother is a dear old lady so stately and so very particular with old-fashioned ideas of breeding and manners and of course very wealthy her house in quebec is said to be the finest in the province and there are some english estates i believe in their line lieutenant de lacy is her only son and from what you say he seems to be a very charming young man he will occupy a very high place some day i suppose kate will uh, oh yes and if mrs de lacy wishes you to visit her you must accept um, and tell kate that i should be delighted if she could accompany me on a little jaunt through the eastern states i have asked permission of her father but she wrote you herself about that didn't she um, uh, and then listen to this how very odd you should have come across the young man from glengarry again mac lennon is it mac something or other your aunt murray seems to consider him a very steady and worthy young man i hope he may not degenerate in his present circumstances and calling as so many of his class do i am glad your father was able to do something for him these people ought to be encouraged now you see mamie's tone was quite triumphant yes said kate i do see these people should be encouraged to make our timber for us that we may live in ease and luxury and even to save us from fire and from bloodthirsty mobs as occasions may offer but as for friendships and that sort of thing oh kate burst in mamie almost in tears you are so very unkind you know quite well what i mean yes 
i know quite well you would not invite ranald for instance to dine at your house to meet your aunt frank and the evanses and the langfords and the maitlands said kate spacing her words with deliberate indignation well i would not if you put it that way said mamie petulantly and you wouldn't either i would ask him to meet every maitland of them if i could said kate and it wouldn't hurt them either oh you are so peculiar said mamie with a sigh of pity am i said kate ask harry she continued as that young man came into the room no you needn't mind said mamie i know well he will just side with you he always does how very amiable of me said harry but what's the particular issue ranald said kate then i agree at once besides he is coming to supper next sunday evening oh harry exclaimed mamie in dismay on sunday evening he can't get off any other night works all night i believe and would work all sunday too if his principles didn't mercifully interfere he will be boss of the concern before summer is over oh harry said mamie in distress and i asked lieutenant de lacy and his friend mr sims for sunday evening sims cried harry little cad i'm sure he's very nice said mamie and his family oh hold up don't get on to your ancestor worship cried harry impatiently anyway ranald's coming up sunday evening well it will be very awkward said mamie i don't see why said kate oh cried harry scornfully he will have on his red flannel shirt and a silk handkerchief and his trousers will be in his boots that's what mamie is thinking of you are very rude harry said mamie you know quite well that ranald will not enjoy himself with the others he has nothing in common with them oh i wouldn't worry about that mamie said kate i will talk to ranald but mamie was not quite sure how she should like that you are just your aunt frank over again said harry in a disgusted tone clothes and people mamie was almost in tears i think you are both very unkind you know ranald won't enjoy it he will be quite miserable and they'll just laugh at him well they'd better laugh at him when he isn't observing said harry do you think ranald would really mind interposed kate addressing harry do you think he will feel shy and awkward perhaps we'd better have him another evening no said harry decidedly he is coming and he's coming on sunday evening he can't get off any other night and besides i'd have to lie to him and he has an unpleasant way of finding you out when you're doing it and once he does find out why he is not asked for a sunday evening then you may say good-bye to him for good and all oh no fear of that said mamie confidently ranald has good sense and i know he will come again well cried harry if you are not going to treat him as you would treat de lacy and that idiotic sims i won't bring him and with that he flung out of the room but harry changed his mind for next sunday evening as the young ladies with de lacy and his friend were about to sit down to supper in their private parlor harry walked in with ranald and announced in triumph the man from glengarry mamie looked at him in dismay and indeed she well might for ranald was dressed in his most gorgeous shanty array with red flannel shirt and silk handkerchief and trousers tucked into his boots sims gazed at him as if he were an apparition it was kate who first broke the silence we are delighted to see you she cried 
going forward to Ranald with hands outstretched. You are become quite a hero in this town. Quite, I assure you, said the lieutenant in a languid voice, but shaking Ranald heartily by the hand. Then Mamie came forward and greeted him with ceremonious politeness, and introduced him to Mr. Sims, who continued to gaze at the shantyman's attire with amused astonishment. The supper was not a success. Ranald sat silent and solemn, eating little and smiling not at all, although Mr. Sims executed his very best jokes. Mimi was nervous and visibly distressed, and at the earliest possible moment broke up the supper-party and engaged in conversation with the lieutenant and his witty friend, leaving Harry and Kate to entertain Ranald. But in spite of all they could do, a solemn silence would now and then overtake the company, till at length Mimi grew desperate, and, turning to Ranald, said, "'What are you thinking of? You are looking very serious?' he is thinking of home and mother quoted mr sims in a thin piping voice following his quotation with a silly giggle kate flushed indignantly i am quite sure his thoughts will bear telling she said i am sure they would said mamie not knowing what to say what were they rant mr macdonald i was thinking of you said ranald gravely looking straight at her how lovely murmured the lieutenant and of your aunt mrs murray and of what they would be doing this night and what would that be said kate coming to the relief of her friend but ranald was silent i know cried harry let's see it is ten o'clock they will all be sitting in the manse dining-room before the big fire or no they will be in the parlour where the piano is and john aleck will be there and they will be singing and he went on to describe his last Sabbath evening two years before in the Glengarry manse. As he began to picture his aunt and her work, his enthusiasm carried him away and made him eloquent. I tell you, he concluded, she's a rare woman, and she has a hundred men there ready to die for her, eh, Ranald? Yes, said Ranald, and his deep voice vibrated with intense feeling. They would just die for her, and why not? She is a great woman and a good. His dark face was transformed, and his eyes glowed with an inner light. In the silence that followed, Kate went to the harmonium and began to play softly. Ranald stood up as to go, but suddenly changed his mind, and went over and stood beside her. You sing, don't you? said Kate, as she played softly. You ought to just hear him, said Harry. Oh, what does he sing? I only sing the psalm tunes in church, said Ranald, and a few hymns. Ye gods, ejaculated the lieutenant to Mamie. Psalms and hymns, and how the fellow knocked those Frenchmen about. Sing something, Kate, won't you, said Mamie, and Kate, without a word, began the beautiful air from Mendelssohn's St. Paul. But the Lord is mindful of his own singing it with a power of expression marvellous in so young a girl. Then, without further request, she glided into the lovely aria, O Rest in the Lord. It was all new and wonderful to Ranald. He did not dream that such majesty and sweetness could be expressed in music. 
he sat silent with eyes looking far away and face alight with the joy that filled his soul oh thanks very much murmured the lieutenant when kate had finished lovely thing that aria don't you know very nice echoed mr sims and so beautifully done too ranald looked from one to the other in indignant surprise and then turning away from them to kate said in a tone almost of command sing it again i'll sing something else she said did you ever hear no i never heard anything at all like that interrupted ranald sing some more like the last the deep feeling showing in his face and in his tone touched kate how would this do she replied it is a little high for me but i'll try she played a few introductory chords and then began that sweetest bit of the greatest of all the oratorios he shall feed his flock and from that passed into the soul moving he was despised from the same noble work the music suited the range and quality of her voice perfectly and she sang with her heart thrilling in response to the passionate feeling in the dark eyes fixed upon her face she had never sung to any one who listened as ranald now listened to her she forgot the others she was singing for him and he was compelling her to her best she was conscious of a subtle sense of mastery overpowering her and with a strange delight she yielded herself to that commanding influence but as she sang she began to realize that he was thinking not of her but of her song and soon she too was thinking of it she knew that his eyes were filled with the vision of the man of sorrows of whom she sang and before she was aware the pathos of that lonely and despised life set forth in the noble words of the ancient prophet was pouring forth in the great master's music when the song was ended no one spoke for a time and even mr sims was silent then the lieutenant came over to the harmonium and leaning toward kate said in an earnest voice unusual with him thank you miss raymond that was truly great great indeed said harry with enthusiasm i never heard you sing like that before kate but ranald sat silent finding no words in which to express the thoughts and feelings her singing had aroused in him there is that in noble music which forbids unreality rebukes frivolity into silence subdues ignoble passions soothes the heart's sorrow and summons to the soul high and holy thoughts it was difficult to begin the conversation the trivial themes of the earlier part of the evening seemed foreign to the mood that had fallen upon the company at length mr sims ventured to remark with a giggle it's awfully fine don't you know but a trifle funereal makes one think of graves and that sort of thing very nice of course he added apologetically to kate ranald turned and regarded the little man for some moments in silence and then with unutterable scorn exclaimed nice man it's wonderful wonderful to me whatever makes me think of all the great things i ever saw what things kate ventured to say for a few moments ranald paused and then replied 
it makes me think of the big pine trees waving and wailing over me at night and the big river rolling down with the moonlight on it and other things what other things ranald persisted kate but ranald shook his head and sat silent for some time then he rose abruptly i will be going now he said you will come again soon ranald said mamie coming toward him with a look on her face that reminded him of the days in the glengarry manse she had forgotten all about his red shirt and silk handkerchief as ranald caught that look a great joy leaped into his eyes for a moment then faded into a gaze of perplexity yes do come added kate will you sing again he asked bluntly yes indeed she replied with a slight blush if you want me to i will come when to-morrow night yes certainly to-morrow night said kate blushing deeply now for she noticed the slight smile on harry's face and the glance that passed between mr sims and the lieutenant then ranald said good-night i have never had such pleasure in my life he said holding her hand a moment and looking into her eyes that sparkled with a happy light that is he added with a swift glance at mamie from music or things like that kate caught the glance and the happy light faded from her eyes good-night said ranald offering his hand to mamie i am glad i came now it makes me think of the last night at the manse although i am always thinking of it he added simply with a touch of sadness in his voice mamie's face grew hot with blushes yes she answered hurriedly dear aunt murray he stood a moment or two as if about to speak while mamie waited in an agony of fear not knowing what to expect in this extraordinary young man then he turned abruptly away and with a good-night to de lacy and a nod to mr sims strode from the room great caesar's ghost exclaimed the lieutenant pardon me but has anything happened that young man now and then gives me a sense of tragedy what has taken place he panted weakly nonsense laughed mamie your nervous system is rather delicate ah thanks no doubt that's it miss kate how do you feel i said kate waking suddenly thank you quite happy happy sighed de lacy ah fortunate young man great chap that cried harry coming back from seeing ranald to the door very said de lacy so emphatically that every one laughed some one really ought to dress him though suggested mr sims with a slight sneer why said kate quietly facing him oh well you know miss raymond stammered mr sims that sort of attire you know is hardly the thing for the drawing-room you know he is a shanty-man said mamie apologetically and they all dress like that i don't suppose that he has any other clothes with him oh of course assented mr sims retreating before this double attack besides continued kate it is good taste to dress in the garb of your profession isn't it lieutenant de lacy oh come now miss kate that's all right said the lieutenant but you must draw the line somewhere you know those colors now you must confess are a little startling you didn't mind the colors when he saved you the other day from that awful mob one for you de lacy cried harry 
quite right answered the lieutenant but don't mistake me i distinguish between a fellow and his clothes for my part said kate i don't care how a man is dressed if i like him i like him should he appear in a blanket and feathers don't speak of it gasped the lieutenant do let's talk of something else said mamie impatiently delighted i'm sure said de lacy and that reminds me that madame was thinking of a picnic down the river this week just a small company you know the man would drive her down and take the hamper and things and we would go down by boat awful pull back though he added regretfully but if it should give any pleasure delighted you know bowing gallantly to the ladies delightful cried mamie and ranald pulls splendidly said kate mamie looked at her wondering how she knew that i don't think ranald can get away every day i'm sure he can't can he harry she said no said harry no more can i worse luck the governor is sticking awfully close to work just now and of course you can't be spared said kate mockingly but couldn't you both come later we could wait tea for you might said harry i shall make my best endeavor for your sake bowing toward kate but i am doubtful about ranald perhaps we'd better not why certainly old chap said the lieutenant what's the matter well the fact is blurted out harry desperately i don't want to drag in ranald i like him awfully but you may feel as if he were not quite one of us you know what i mean your mother doesn't know him harry felt extremely awkward knowing that he came perilously near to suspecting the lieutenant of the most despicable snobbery why certainly repeated the lieutenant that's all right bring your glengarry man along if any one wants him i do said kate decidedly kismet replied the lieutenant it is decreed the young man must come for i suspect he is very much one of us but of this the lieutenant was not quite so certain by the time the day of the picnic had arrived End of chapter eighteen